Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. I'm Dave Detman, also known as Dr. Gadget. I've got a new podcast called The Big Idea. And every week I talk to inventors and visionaries who made it big in their respective industries. We'll tackle weekly trending tech, provide inside tips for your success, and go deep dives on the latest and greatest innovations. And I know you're going to love this part. I'll also have plenty of free giveaways. Who doesn't love free stuff? So listen to and follow The Big Idea with me, Dr. Gadget, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast One, and wherever you get your podcasts. J.B. Weld, today's podcast brought to you by J.B. Weld, world's strongest bond. The brand DIYers and pros have trusted for over 50 years. you got to keep it in your cupboard, your toolbox, your garage. Available at jbweld.com, Home Depot, Lowe's, Walmart, wherever you find finer products. Proudly made in the U.S. of A. All right. We'll talk a lot about off-road racing in this uh, show. Some tribute cars, the new uh, Corvette. Matt has uh, driven those, driven the new vet. He's got some some thoughts on that. And Amy Lerner is joining us. She's made a fantastic doc called One More Win. First, there's Geico. Would you love to save some money on your insurance? Of course you would. And who doesn't love a deal? When it comes to great rates on insurance for everything, Geico can help. Insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, RV, Even your homeowners, condo, or renter's insurance, they are all covered with GEICO. Save even more with special discounts when you bundle coverages together. Plus, they have an easy-to-use GEICO mobile app and 24-7 roadside assistance, so it's easy to switch to GEICO. It's a no-brainer. Switch today and see just how much you could save at GEICO.com. Go there and get a rate quote or contact a local agent. Yeah, get it on. Got to get on. A choice big enough to get it on. And welcome to CarCast, Matt Prol. It's Matt, the Motorator, DeAndrea, over there. How say you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Good. All right. What are we talking about today? Ah, oh, you know, there's all kinds of stuff. We've got a guest today, and uh, some stuff happening in the car world. I've been driving a. Uh, Corvette C8. Did you see it? It's bright orange. Yeah, yeah. I just saw the hood. <laughs> oh, yeah. The lot's full over there. There's a lot of stuff going on. I saw your guys running around. So yeah. I kind of hid it in between a bunch of SUVs. <laughs> I just saw the hood, and I thought it was a McLaren because it's orange. That's, I, I, you know, I think that's kind of what they want. I mean, the, the C8, you know, you've seen the new Corvettes now. Um, I know there was one part in front of your house for a while when we talked about the red color and, you know, they're now mid-engine. And it's just, you know, I was saying before, it's everything you've been hearing about the car, it, it's all on point. The car is good. It's just a good car. And it, it, and it has more of that kind of supercar feel to it. Mm-hmm. I think some of the Corvette purists were like, ah, oh, we missed the front engine, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know america's sports car is now really kind of america's hypercar you know and yeah and we're just kind of scratching the surface on the c8 platform mm-hmm. you know z06 coming out and hybrid version coming out and maybe some sort of supercharged or turbocharged zr1 version mm-hmm. coming out 
Uh, it's just a great, I mean, it's a great car now, but it's also a great jumping off point of where they can take this car. Yeah. I mean, whenever they change the platform of the car, it, there's always a, an evolution. You know, if, 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 if the architecture of the car is the same, then there's a kind of a slow evolution of, of you know, we'll get a little bit better this year than we were last year. But when you change the architecture of it, you move the engine, you change everything around on the car, then you're now almost back to zero. And then the evolution grows fast. Yeah, it's when when GM presented the car, we went to one of their big, I don't know, the big unveiling here a couple of years ago in L.A., and they asked, why go to mid-engine? They said, well, we kind of felt like we've pushed the limits of that current layout, that front-engine design, even pushing that front-engine back as much as possible. They're like, that's it. And where we want the car to go mm-hmm. me, sort of required a mid-engine platform. And now we know they're testing a hybrid version, which uh, we understand could be kind of like the NSX. We have the gas engine in the back, a couple of electric motors powering the front, making mm-hmm. an all-wheel drive, hybrid version, and then what does that do you know, to the performance and the range and a number of other things? So it's, it's, a, it's an impressive piece. You know, and it's got the bits that you want, a front axle lift, so you can go over to the speed bumps and get into the garage. And Don't got, photograph it that way. <laughs> don't, I, actually, when I pulled in, I lifted it to get up into there, and I was like, oh, you'll probably see the car when it comes in. Lower and the first down. thing you're going to ask me is that nose up. So I put the nose back down so you can see it in the parking lot the way it's supposed to be. That's the beauty of you, Matt, because <laughs> uh, you're really, you're going to get back in the car, you're going to drive another seven feet, you're going to yeah. raise it back up again. And then you're going to leave and then lower it back down. But you left it down. I wanted to park it down because everyone's going to be looking at it. You know, Sean will come out and look at it and see what the car is. I'm like, I don't want it to look like it's launching into space. And they thought about some pretty good features, that front axle lift. Whenever you hit the button, it asks you, do you want to remember? And so it uses GPS. So now when Uh, you pull in, you know, you pull into your driveway or whatever as you're getting close – It'll it'll say you know based on memory or whatever based on location it's putting it up and then when you hit something like twenty miles an hour it automatically goes down again. Oh, it'll automatically yeah. go down. And what was it, about three inches worth of lift? I mean, I, I know you probably don't know. Yeah, but it that's a good question. Me that like four is a little too I much. I think I think four is too much, and I two's not enough. It, it might be. Between two and, and three, I'm sure Chris could probably find it. But and I and I know had, they had all these specs when the when the car was released. I just didn't. Uh, I just been enjoying driving it. I haven't really printed out the whole. What, what's sheet. your base uh, at? I mean, what what's the price of your base? So the one I'm driving has a few options on it, but eighty eight grand is what it is. So it you know w- when these first came out, they said they were going to be. 60000 for the absolutely base model. Mm-hmm. And nobody's really buying the $60,000 version. Mm-hmm. But this one is uh, with the Z51 handling package mm-hmm. and a few other options. Nicely equipped, sports seats, it's eighty eight grand. But the Z06 that's coming out, I think they're trying to make that thing base at just under a hundred. Maybe it's mm-hmm. 98000 99000 mm-hmm. You could probably add twenty thousand dollars of options but when i say that car is quick and performs i don't i don't mean like 
against base model McLaren. I mean, against like 720 and 765 McLaren. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Z06 will do 0 to 60 in somewhere like two and a half seconds. Wow. And it's just going to be a, an animal for 110, 120 grand. So when they go to the hybrid, will it be all wheel drive? I mean, I don't know how they count that because you got the rear engine, you got the rear wheel drive, put the motors in the front or is the yeah. motor spinning the uh, prop shaft or the drive shaft. Yeah, I we don't have the full specs, but how I understand it, I believe it's going to be um, one or two motors in the front powering a front axle, probably two motors in the front. Uh, on the front wheels, and then the gas engine powers the rear wheels, and it's very similar to the NSX. I uh, was wrenching in the garage last night on uh, Sonny's electric bike, mm-hmm. which um, the, the back tire was just dust. I, I I don't know how it got so worn down, but there, there was nothing. It, it just looked like a tennis shoe with no sole on it, you know? Huh. It was just, it, there was no knobbies on it anymore. Everything, it was like down to the belts. We're in a tire shortage. Can you get a new one? <laughs> the front tire was in decent shape because I'm guessing with the electric bikes, the rear tire takes more of a beating than the front tire. And maybe it's that way with all bikes, but I didn't notice a, a serious disparity in wear between front and rear mm-hmm. on just the pedal bikes, you know? But, uh, yeah, I had them order a tire, order tubes, and uh, I went down to the garage last night at, like, 9.30 at night and just did both tires. Pain in the goddamn ass, I'm man. sure getting the rear off. Like, front, you probably did first. You're like, oh, this is easy. And then yeah. you're like, well, now I can't quit because I've already done the front, and I got to finish uh, the, the rear. rear. Yeah, the rear was a pain in the ass. It was a mess. He doesn't, you know, maintain it at all. It's a dusty, oily mess. And then it's also an electric bike. So there's shit plugged in and mm-hmm. stuff going into the axle. And I was like, oh, yeah, what is all this? Plus, it's a 14-speed <laughs> or whatever. So it's got the big sprocket cluster on the back. Yeah. And uh, it's just like, oh, there's... Did you remember which sprocket you took it off of before? Because then now you're in the wrong gear all the time when you're trying to switch. I, I I I magically <laughs> may have gotten it right, although I didn't. I I should take a picture of everything. That's it. Just and, shoot a picture and, and of it, and then take the whole thing apart. But yeah. I I never do that. I just I just take the whole thing apart. And uh, so I took the whole thing apart and pulled the whole thing apart, and you know the axle has you know two flat spots in it so you can't really turn it in the yeah, thing yeah. and the blah 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 and it has these keepers that like hold it in place and it's a big mess sonny just stood there watch me i was the gonna ask time. was he inside watching basketball or something <laughs> now the the front tire what i do the front tire i was able to leave the tire on the rim but it's a big balloon tire yeah and i'm not used to the balloon tire they don't set or seat the way you're Mm -hmm. used to but uh i was able to do both tubes and both tires and like i don't know it's like an hour or something out in the garage sucked <laughs> and uh i didn't have any open end wrenches so i had to use a crescent wrench on everything on everything yeah uh, i mean the front has a quick release so that yeah that would be easier i was able to figure that one out and the new bikes are disc brakes yeah so back in the day 
you couldn't inflate the tire and drop it back in because that's it right. Had this, yeah, because the the, the, the clamp adds the clamp. Yeah, it wouldn't make it past the clamp break, which seemed to work for seventy years before somebody went to the disc. But the with the disc, you can fill it up fully and drop it in the little pancake compressor back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was down there on my hands and knees filling the thing up trying to feel yeah. it and and the tire didn't seat right like it kept popping and bulging and i have to let the air out and hold it back down and fill it back up it's a big fat oh, pain the, in the, the ass the tube might have been like a little twisted and then had to work its way it's, it's, it's something about the these big four direction. inch yeah. balloon tires that they don't just grab like uh like we're used to with the old 10 speed tires or whatever when you smack it on there yeah um got the whole thing Put back together. Told Sonny take it out for a test drive. Seemed to be good. He didn't come back with a bloody nose. <laughs> Dad, no. it didn't work. <laughs> no, but uh, I I paid my dues last night. I put the I put the bike tires on. Yeah, it's a dirty mess. Yeah, I almost wore gloves. And the whole thing just with the crescent wrench. The whole thing was with a crescent wrench and a Phillips head screwdriver to get the weird keeper thing off that mm. held the rear axle in place or from popping off um and then some weird chain guard weird wire guard thing on the other side that i may have put on backwards i don't know <laughs> I, when i was done i pointed at it I said sonny does that look familiar and he goes eh, i don't remember that yeah but so, that might be something he can just google and find pictures of the bike online and it'd zoom be nice. in and it'd be and, nice and, and yeah okay so well, uh keeping it real pops yeah and also, you kind of remember it's it's a weird thing. I've I I've changed so many bike tires as a kid that when I just started in on it, it was just like muscle memory. It was just like sliding the. I was using uh, one of those paint can lid opener keys to pop the lid off the yeah. one gallon can. Yeah, I was using that as my breaker to get the tire the, pulled yeah. back on, but the tires didn't pinch that much they were kind of loose kind of loosely fit uh but anyway that's what i did last night all right and sunny seemed to be eh, fair to middling about it were you when you were done were you kind of a yes it's good i accomplished something or you're like i don't want to do this shit ever again <laughs> i was i i usually give sunny the speech where i go must be nice like living with a dude <laughs> Who, who knows how to do shit? Who knows how to do shit? Isn't yeah. that that nice? Doesn't yeah. that seem like something? He's like, yeah, yeah. They, he he'll uh, he doesn't he doesn't care. But he's like, someday I'll live with the dude who knows how to do shit. That's right. My boyfriend <laughs> will know how to do shit. <laughs> Living with someone who knows how to do shit is yeah. uh, no one cares. No one gives two fucking flying shits about it. But the reality is, is it's nice when you live mm-hmm. with someone who knows how to do shit. Yeah, fix stuff, take care of stuff. Just uh, just this. Just doors. Mm-hmm. Doors alone. You live in a house, especially if it's a decent-sized house, you got a lot of doors. Yeah. And they're always something. It's not catching. It's dragging. It's wettering. Just just my expertise on doors alone. Yeah. That, that should be enough to get me a nice pot roast or something waiting for me. Something. But something. <laughs> no. <Nah. laughs> right back to zero. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's kind of nice. Kind of nice getting in and doing stuff, and uh, 
and getting getting back in that world and uh i had to I, my my fingernails had so much grease under them that I actually had to, or dirt and grease, I had to actually clip them last night. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't, I don't know how to clean this stuff off. You didn't just wear them as a badge of honor for a couple of days? No, Bugs. Just the, come in here to the studio and like, the, see what's going on, everybody? Bugs the crap out of me. <laughs> yeah. that, that, I hit that the feeling. brush. I get the little brush. and I did it. it. I, I went, uh, the only brush I could find was in the kitchen sink. Yeah. So I did it with that. Yeah. But I don't want to say anything because people are going to use it now for other yeah, who stuff. Who cares? They should know. All right. So <laughs> we got uh, Amy Lerner coming in. Tell us about uh, Amy Lerner while I find my spot. Yeah. Here. Amy's got uh She's been on before. It's been a little while since she's been coming in. She's been a big uh, racer and off-road and put together a documentary called One More Win about, uh, about Rob Hall. So we're going to learn all about that doc, where we can see it and how she put it together and Jumping into the entertainment industry. She does the uh, the uh, first female Dakar Challenge Safari Rally. I'm, I'm looking here, but it's Dakar to where? Dakar Challenge. What word is that? Austra- Australians? In? I think. <laughs> is that a real word? Yeah, I don't know what word that is. Could have been Australian. Australasian. Australasian. So Australasian is Asian and... Australia? I didn't know this was a word either. <laughs> I didn't know those connected. Australasia is a region which com- uh, which comprises Australia, New Zealand, and some neighboring islands. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So it used to be Paris to Dakar. Yeah. Back in the day. Then I heard there was some trouble and they couldn't go through that region of the world without some, you know, uh, incidents with terrorists and things like that so now maybe things have changed well anyway we'll we'll talk to her about that first i'll tell you about screwing up our yeah racing first i'll tell you you're talking about newsome first (laughs) i'll tell you about uh, mcguire's car waxes have come a long way over the last few years mcguire's launched the next generation of protective products specifically geared toward diyers oh that's me Hybrid ceramic spray wax, McGuire's uh, hybrid ceramic liquid wax, hybrid uh, ceramic spray detailer, hybrid ceramic uh, wash and wax, and uh, hybrid wash, uh, the wash mitt, too. You can get that. For 2022, McGuire's has introduced hybrid ceramic pre-wax prep. Revive, paint easily, remove swirls and other minor defects, hybrid ceramic trim. Restore, restores uh, the darkness and the shine to the uh, exterior. So if you're driving a Chevy Avalanche, is that the one that's got <laughs> yeah, all that's the junk on it's it? like 40% plastic uh, yeah. on the outside. Yeah. Definitely want to get, get some uh, McGuire's. And uh, now McGuire's has hybrid ceramic solution for everyone. So uh, you like uh, your car and you work on your car like we do. You get McGuire's over there. Good to see you, Amy. Thanks for having me. Nice to see you guys. Yeah, so let's talk about the uh, doc, One More Win. What got you uh, going down the road, pardon the pun, of uh, making docs? Uh, It actually was a story, and a friend of mine, a man named Rod Hall, who gave me my very first off-road driving lesson back in 2010, maybe it was, and I ran into him in 2015 at the Off-Road Motorsports Hall of Fame Award Dinner shortly after I saw you guys and watched your Paul Newman documentary winning. And Rod and I were just catching up about what he was up to and that in a couple of years he was going to be doing the 50th anniversary Baja 1000 race and that he was the only person who had raced every single iteration of that race since the very first one in 1967. 
Wow. And just kind of, you know, rolled everything around in my head, called him the next day, and I said, hey, Rod, I've got this crazy idea. How about I make a documentary going through your history back to the early 60s in off-road racing, the racing that you're going to be doing leading up to this 50th race and your 50th race, you know, record-setting attempt. And he said, you know, Amy, uh, people have come to me over the years. Can I write a book? Can I do a movie? And I've always said no, but because you're the one who asked me, I'm going to say yes. What was he driving in the early days of the Baja 1000? At the very first race, he drove in what he describes as a pink Jeep that he bought from a dealer somewhere in Southern California that supposedly was owned by an old lady who only drove it on Sundays. And his wife packed him up a cooler and his, took a couple of tools and uh, off they went down the peninsula. But later days um, and the race in 1969 that he won overall was in a Ford Bronco. So he raced for Bronco a number of years in the early days. Would have been the uh – about the time or a little later than the uh, famous Ole Bronco that sold at auction. I think sold for like four million bucks or something. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, I don't a recall. Couple, it's a couple of years, years ago. Oh, it's beautiful. I, I think there's a sweet spot in every car genre, race car genre. You know, it's like F1 cars now are technologically pretty cool but when you look at them they all just kind of look the same and they're not that sweet and you know to me it's like f1 has that kind of like 74 to 77 73 to 77 it's like there's kind of a cool sweet spot aesthetically at least of, of the cars and uh i feel that way with you know sports car racing and blah 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 Lama, you know, 70, 71, 72, you know, some of the offerings from Porsche and Ferrari and that kind of stuff. But that that uh, late 60s, mid late 60s uh, Bronco in the off road trim, that's just that just says to me off road. Like if yeah. I was writing, put a picture of an off road vehicle in the dictionary, that's the one I would put. Yeah, it's absolutely an iconic era in off-road racing, those Broncos. And I, I had a chance to race that Bronco myself at the Mid-400 with Rod's granddaughter, Shelby. Oh, really? She and I each took uh, half the race driving, and it was it was amazing and terrifying because I was driving in this automotive history. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask about it. I want to wreck it. As iconic as it is as an off-road racer, it also feels like it, it would be brutal. <laughs> it, it, it was. I mean – the fun part of it was that a couple of years back when uh, Rod and Shelby decided to restore the Bronco and race it again, Ford gave them a crate engine that they dropped in. So mm. it had a bunch of, bunch of zip, but, you know, it's uh, the suspension of a tractor. <laughs> so I, you're uh, just banging around Yeah, I there. should correct myself. Big Ole sold at Mecham at Indy for 1.987 or something. So yes, I said and Big Ole is actually going to be raced in the Nora Mexican 1000 in the beginning of May. Really? Yes. <laughs> who is that human? I, I like people that do that. Yeah. They who who pays and $2 million and then races uh, it? You know, I, that's something I should know, and I apologize. The name is not coming to me right that's now. Right. But yeah, that's we'll pretty find awesome. Out at yeah, some pretty point. amazing. Well, I think now it's it's part of the history of the car, the, the modern history. You know, I see it all the time where people go raced at the Petit Le Mans, blah, 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 you know, recently. And, and it it arguably adds value to the car. We've had this conversation about, you know, the, of course, the street cars like, you know, taking the 935 and doing the Rolex Historics or, you know, uh, Goodwood or something. And then now we're starting to see that in 
the auction listings of cars going, hey, participated, you know, three years in a row in, in, in Rolex Historics or Goodwood or, or Classic Lama or something. Well, and it adds a little panache to the they, Yeah, when they throw it. I mean, it's just more history. It's it's recent history. But, you know, yeah. they when they put it up on Bring a Trailer, they'll throw a little video of it racing at the at the midi yeah you know they don't talk about like the old fat doctor who's driving it at the time they're <laughs> like no no the car did really well there though <laughs> so uh where fit so it's 50 years of um baja is that that is that where we're at now yeah, so na- the 50th race was in 2017, mm-hmm. and the first one was in 1967. They skipped a year in the 70s because of the gas crisis, and <laughs> the only person who raced every single one of them was, in fact, Rod Hall. And how, ter- how, what was, how old was he? When did he start and then stop? So he turned 80 three days after that 50th race. Mm-hmm. So he was almost 30 when he, yeah. when he started. It, it's... Uh, and has has the Baja One Thousand has the course changed much over the years? The course actually is different every race. They tend to nowadays alternate a run from Ensenada all the way down the peninsula to La Paz, um, with a loop in and out of Ensenada, and mm-hmm. it's anywhere from eight hundred to a thousand miles. And the course is always different. Hmm. And the uh, are they still? Doing the Panamericana or whatever it is over there in Mexico, I think they're doing that one too, right? Where that's the street version yeah. of it, which is yeah. equally seems equally crazy. But you see a lot of those <laughs> yeah. cars on there, and, and it's a weird it has like weird classes, like the Hudson Hornet. You know, it's hauling down the paved the blacktop there, and everyone's done it over the years mm-hmm. too. We're talking. When we did the Shelby dock, he he crashed there and was driving. God, what do you think's driving? Yeah, did, and did Brock do it? I'm sure Brock did it. He was he um, done it. I think Shelby was driving a Austin Healey or an MG or some weird, <laughs> some weird car like that. Big Ole is going to participate in the slow Baja Safari. I don't know. Chris is just writing that. Yeah, on so my rather screen. than risk it in the in the big race it's going to participate in the slow baja safari that coincides with a competitive event schedule and uh it's being arranged on behalf of the vehicle's owners by myers manx llc that's uh bruce myers not uh, the one we know but a different one yeah no i think isn't bruce myers the myers manx no no this is different the guy who myers. created different the dune myers. buggy yeah no i know that's the myers manx guy i thought somehow bruce had some association with that but i guess yeah he, he doesn't he might. well because it's bruce meyer and, and then myers i think with an oh S, think is that what it is different. yeah yeah so, one of them should change their name so big uh <laughs> big only well i i i love the livery on big only yeah. i don't know why it's something about the gold and the white and and that was a parnelli jones car right yeah. yeah we talked to them about that right we talked to parnelli about it as well at one point um i wanted to ask you you mentioned driving in uh and rod hall's bronco but what is it that you normally race when the, in, during the events that you did what did you drive i've actually raced in a bunch of different things uh most recently i competed at the dakar classic in twice in a 1982 911 which was uh modified for the event and built as a tribute to that great epic era of the Porsche factory team at Dakar in the mid-80s, Jackie Eakes, Renee Match, when they won overall. Is that the Rothmans car? The Rothmans livery, yep. Yeah, there seems to be um, 
quite a renaissance for those cars. People are doing a lot of tribute cars to those. And, uh, and, and it's a, we, we talked about it. I mean, the original stuff, I think they did a 959 probably as well. A, a 959 Rothman's, you know, era, uh, Paris to Dakar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, those things are millions and millions of dollars now, I think, right? I think the last one was five traded at five million. The last one that came to auction. Yep. Yeah, we've been we've been talking about yeah. on the show periodically about how the whole rally sort of off road rally. I mean, not not the not the off road trucks, but the sort of rally off road cars, Lancias and Porsches Audi. and Audis and yeah. things like that have just been getting all the money in the world just been taken off in the past handful of years in the auction world just became super collectible and then i don't know maybe it was just sort of a an untapped market that seemed really cool at the time and i don't know which one sort of sparked that movement or you know which two or three sparked that movement but they really started to go up in value and i would imagine you know, a handful of those cars were sitting around sort of unrestored. Like when you started getting into the, you know, the Newman cars and even sort of that era of of racing, there was a bunch of cars that were just unrestored and at shops. And now everyone's seeing the value going, oh, we should restore this car and clean this car up and and detail it and do the history and bring it to auction. And then I feel like the rally cars have now done that. Mm-hmm. And they're really starting to, you know, they're doing well. And uh, like John Campion's collection of the Lancias, and yeah, yeah, there's a there's a Lancia that was on Bring a Trailer, probably just sold maybe hours ago. Of that, we were talking about before. It was like a '92. Mm-hmm. Um, had the I had the was it the Martini? Oh, I'm trying to think of the liver. <clears throat> it was like a tribute edition or whatever. It's like a kind of a. Uh, pop gun kind of car you know wasn't much to it it was like 250 grand the yeah. last time i looked at it yeah like it, it's it's crazy what those cars are doing that's when you look at it like is that the volkswagen yeah, yeah. the little volkswagen it has like the martini stripe but it wasn't yeah you know not you know a street car this one's just kind of a yeah very low mileage but uh it's a martini five evolution but what it sell for 255 yeah all right <laughs> i mean it, it it's it it's a vw gti like it's a it's, it's a, what it looks like it, it just looks like a it's just like a golf you know vw it's 250 grand now it's the stripes it's, it's the, the stripes, stripes. Yeah. it's the I martini mean, you pay a lot for those stripes and i yeah i think that that nine fifty nine fifty nine Rothman, I think, I think that thing sold a few years back, maybe for like five million bucks. It's crazy, and I think people used to think of those cars sort of like they thought of the street cars. Like, well, what are you going to do with it? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and for some reason, I mean, I would argue the 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 street, not the street cars, but the road racing cars. The road racing cars, yeah, look at that six, just uh, about six, six, million. six million bucks. When did that sell? Um, uh, Two thousand eighteen. Oh, I would say, in a way, uh, you're better off getting this car than you are getting some, you know, vintage F1 car or vintage Le Mans car, because the whole thing about the uh, old vintage race cars is 
there's no ground clearance. You can't get them out of the <laughs> yeah, driveway. You, 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 can't. you can't drive them. Like they're literally, even yeah. if they had lights and turn signals, it's just they're so low to the ground. You just can't physically drive them. But this thing's raised, and you know it's it's got working headlights and brake lights, mm-hmm. and I, maybe I don't know what the rules were, but it probably needed to have like a, a turn indicator or something on it. Like there's probably some rules, and you could buy that car. It's going to be a little loud, but you could probably take that thing up and down the street. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? Do you have do you do you have any cars that you collect? Do you have anything in a, in your in a collection at all? Uh. Well, the Porsche is mine. Okay, but I'm happy to hear what you're saying because it's going to auction in May. <laughs> the the oh, tribute, really? yeah, yeah, okay. the tribute car. Yeah, yeah. So it's a 911. Doesn't really matter what year because they're all sort of the same shell, right? Yeah. And then the motor in it is what? It's got the stock uh, 3.0 liter mm-hmm. engine. Uh, it's been race tuned, so it's a little faster. But it's got uh, you know the suspension is different to lift it up a bit more, give it a little more durability on the road. Um, it's got all the FIA required safety stuff, the safety cage, race seats, race harnesses, um, extended fuel tank, and everything you'd need to that you to fit the requirements to rally it. And I think that's a reason why some of the prices have been going up because there's actually more and more events where you can ra- actually use and race these classic. They're getting vehicles. into the vintage there's, there's world. More, the vintage racing just is like the yeah. road racing stuff has gotten into the vintage yeah, world for, sure. for some time. So they're just a little behind, but they're they've got their cues they're no they're like oh see what they're doing we should do yeah. that too is uh is what, it fuel injected or carbureted carbureted oh, okay and what auction are you taking it to or where are you selling it's gonna it? be with bonhams and, and their monaco auction may 15th i think it is oh bonhams in monaco yeah la di da yeah fancy i know <laughs> what is i hope uh, you're gonna go there to watch it Maybe. <laughs> what do you think? Because it would be uh, worth the might trip. Be, might be too nervous. But. What's the expectation? What are they thinking about reserve-wise or estimate-wise? They're thinking um, like 180 to 220 uh, euros in euros, so probably 200, 250. Yeah, I think maybe more. I don't know what the yeah. euro breakdown is, but I, I it's think— It's $1.10 right now. Oh, is it? That's yeah. what it's at? I thought it was even more. Is um, Yeah, but well, there's good precedent for it because Porsche— well, first off, just modified cars we talk about all the time could be a split window Corvette. They're getting all the money in the world, they used to not. Now it was like, hey, yeah. you shouldn't. You had a split window Corvette, you shouldn't have fucked with it. Now it's not <laughs> worth anything, but it is now. The aforementioned Broncos, you know, we put the Coyote engine in it and blah blah blah. Now those are two hundred and fifty grand. Yeah, right. And. uh but the 911s, I mean, thanks to probably Singer and, and others, yeah. people get those cars, they breathe on them a little bit, and they go out and fetch some some big bucks. Even the tribute stuff, like you and I were talking about the bus on Bring a Trailer the other day, which was just a just a, a, a clone of the bus, but yours, what did that thing Well, the sell? bus is a, a hauler. Yeah, what was that thing? What did that sell for? Two, sorry, 340. Yeah. Yeah, it's just somebody took a bus, made a replica Porsche race car hauler out of it, and uh, sold it for three hundred forty grand, wow. just as a cool piece that somebody made, right, with no real history to it. So, wow. uh, I think your car will do well because it has modern day race history, yeah. but also a tribute livery for what you did. Right. So it's kind of. It's kind of the niche that you you want. Like you want, the, you know, if you can't afford the real car, then you want something that is 
a real car, but sort of the modern interpretation of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it just makes sense when the real car gets so far out of reach that normal people well, can't can't even think about it. We talk about like four GTs. The four GTs are doing well, but look at the heritage painted one, you know, of, you know, the Le Mans four GT car, you know, the street car, but just doing it, ordering whatever. They make 50 heritage ones each year and they're pulling so much more money than even, you know, their sister cars that aren't the heritage version, just being a little bit more limited production and, and that throwback well, to history. And to put a finer point on it and the four GTs, you know, the actual four GTs of your, you know, 60s ones are, you know, completely out of reach <laughs> yeah. financially. But you'll see some of those uh, kit cars, sorry, tribute cars, whatever yeah. cars. Uh, those used to be like, well, that's a fake four GT, so it's not worth anything. Yeah. Um, those things are 200 grand now. Like if you did one and you did it well. Mm hmm. It, it's the same thing. It's it's gone. It's gone up because the real McCoy is into the multi millions of dollars. Yeah, and those things. And I, you know, the the, the Cobra kits not quite there yet. Maybe there's too many of them out there, but they're inching up. Too. They are inching up. Actually, if you think about, you know, twenty five years ago, you're like, oh, these cars aren't worth anything, but they're worth ten percent of the value of the real car. Well, the real car has gone up so much. Maybe right. these are still worth ten percent the value, but now ten percent is two hundred fifty thousand dollars or something. Yeah, Chris, what is a four GT um, kit car? Who makes those things? Uh, uh, you know, well, Superformance has Superformance. I think they have them. the Cobra and the Daytona. I don't know if they make the. The GT40. Oh, it's a good. It's a good you know, question. If they make the GT40 uh, replica, but everything is everything is being dragged up by the price of the the actual the actual car. What are we looking at here? Yeah, what company is this? Who makes this? Thing? Oh, Superformance. Super so he does have. Yeah. Them. yeah, he does have them. Yeah, yeah. They're. It's hard to argue with the with the look of those, especially. Uh, Especially yeah. in that Gulf livery. That's yeah. So, for what damn would sure. a Superformance GT40 go for? Uh, Mark, it's Mark ki- two or one. Is it's kind of a bring a trailer thing. It's not really. Yeah. From just the just put it in bring thing. a trailer Superformance GT40 and see if a Mark one or Mark two comes up. By the way, this uh, film One More Win is uh, available. The website One More Win Film. Dot com. I should, uh, for all the guys who and gals who listen to this show and like to watch all the racing docs, I can't get enough of uh, racing docs uh, myself. Uh, you're going to enjoy this one. Uh, what's what's they the go, next? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Just real quick. They go for about two hundred. Really? Yeah. yeah. Bring a trailer. That's uh, that's up a hundred grand, maybe yeah. hundred and twenty grand. I, like, I don't. I don't know what they. They cost to make or anything like that. Well, the, days, but. the the conceit was with the kit car is you buy it, you sink a hundred, hundred and twenty five grand into it, and you get divorced, and it's worth forty. That that <laughs> that was basically yeah. what it was, yeah. you know. And it was the same with you take you know you go to Chip Foose or the Ring Brothers, and you you drop off three hundred and fifty grand of them, and it's worth a buck twenty five or right. something like that. That was the old model, and it was just like, man, you got to eat it. You, the, you you got money. That's a car you want. So be it. Now it's paradigm has has shifted, and now you can say, 
I want to get one of these cars. I want to do it right. I want to put a buck twenty-five, buck fifty into it. Mm-hmm. And if I do it right, it's it's two hundred. I, the Bronco is a great example of that. So many people are making, you know, shops are making Broncos specifically to take to like a Barrett Jackson or something. And they're like, hey, you know, I, I got 100000 into this thing and they're pulling 140 for something pretty decent. And more than that, as you mentioned, for, for really, really clean ones. I'm like, well, there's a little, a little payday. Yeah. <laughs> What's your next event, Amy? Um, I think I'm going to compete at the Andalusia Rally, which is uh, five days of racing in Spain. Wow. What a life you have. It's hard. (laughs) That's good. I mean, the the rally life is great because it's all about going to great locales, and it's all over the world. Not really the Mint 400, but (laughs) most of the other ones. One day in Vegas is good. Yeah. Yeah. But but, uh, other than the Mint, you know, you're going all over the place in those those cars. Seems like the new rally cars, too, they've, they've worked out the filtration. Mm. I'm not a dust guy. I hate <laughs> dust, and I, it would drive me insane just to eat dust because I definitely yeah. wouldn't be in the lead. I'd be eating dust the entire race. Well, driving the Bronco that you pointed out with basically no front windshield, but then driving the 911, right? Actually, there was more du- there was more dust in the 911 because in the Bronco, I had a full face helmet with this thing. It's called a Parker pumper, which basically mm-hmm. you stick a hose on and you've got this thing in the back that filters the air and pumps it into your helmet. Mm. So you're breathing clean air. And we had an open face rally helmet in the Porsche. So oh, you know, oh, I you see. Know, no air conditioning, the floorboard, everything's stripped down to reduce the weight. So there's lots of gaps in the floor. So you, you go through a sandy bit and it's like whoosh. Shower in the car of sand. Not just like a scarf and goggles, like Mad Max style, (laughs) sort of Road Warrior style. Why not use the pumper uh, on the Porsche? There's no room. Got to carry two tires and a 120 liter fuel tank. Oh, so the pumper is sort of like. It's a a machine. Yeah, it's like like a cool suit thing. Just drag it behind you. (laughs) Yeah. Just a fifth wheel. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Just have it flop around. Uh, Can you tell us just a little bit more about, uh, before we wrap up, about the film, what we can expect to see in the film so when people want to go out and and catch it? Yep, great. As I mentioned, uh, it is about Rod Hall, who is a legendary figure known around the world in off-road racing. Uh, He not only had been around for 50 years, but he has won probably over 200 races in his career. In the 80s, while he was racing for Dodge, he had a 36-race win streak back-to-back. People know him. People love him. And uh, I had originally planned on, as I mentioned, doing a bit of a biography sort of wrapped into this racing that was – he was going to be doing leading up to the 50th Baja 1000. And uh, shortly after we were filming, Rod got some health news that really changed those plans. And um, it turned into a very different story at the end of the race. Um, it was a man struggling to achieve one last thing, racing against the course and the progression of a disease. And, um, you know, just getting him to Baja for the start line of that last race became probably the biggest challenge he'd ever faced well it's compelling stuff and uh, again the website one more win film.com is where you go let me take care of my last or amazon or itunes or amazon or itunes sorry yep no it's okay it's all good it's on my list i should have <laughs> said that uh jb weld world's strongest bond the brand diyers and pros have trusted for over 50 years use their epoxies super glues putty sticks on projects big and small 
practically any surface, metal, wood, plastics, glass, ceramics, and uh, keep it in your kitchen drawer, out in the toolbox, or down in the garage. I have them everywhere. Also, they're the proud owner of Herculiner, the original DIY truck bed liner. If you're looking for the world's strongest truck bed liner, Herculiner has you covered. And uh, you can get JB Weld just about, well, I'll say everywhere. You can get it at jbweld.com, Home Depot, Lowe's, Walmart, AutoZone, Advanced Auto Parts, O'Reilly, Amazon, Michaels, and more. And it's proudly made in the U.S. of A. We all use it here. You should use it there, where you are. It's J.B. Weld. All right, let's see. Indianapolis Helium Comedy Club. That'll be me, May 6th and 7th, doing four shows there. Do some live pods and some stand-up. Also, uh, Sea Legs, we're doing a live pod out there. That's out in Huntington Beach. It's a fun venue. It's a big outdoor venue, but it's nice. I've played it before. You go to amcrawl.com for all the live shows. And uh, one more win available. iTunes, Amazon, everywhere you get your... Uh, you get your entertainment. Amy Lerner, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Nice to chat. Good to see you guys. So, until next time, this is Adam Kroll for Amy Lerner and Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, saying keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. Would you love to save some money on your insurance? Of course you would. And who doesn't love a deal when it comes to great rates on insurance for everything? Geico can help insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, RV, even your homeowners, condo or renters insurance. They are all covered with Geico. Save even more with special discounts when you bundle coverages together. Plus, they have an easy to use Geico mobile app and 24 seven roadside assistance. So it's easy to switch to Geico. It's a no-brainer. Switch today and see just how much you could save at geico.com. Go there and get a rate quote or contact a local agent. This February on Pluto TV, we're putting the spotlight on iconic black talent. Watch your favorite movies like Top 5, 48 Hours, and More Than a Game. And drop in to binge black TV classics like The Bernie Mac Show and Moesha. Pluto TV has hundreds of channels and thousands more movies and TV shows all for free. So download the Pluto TV app on your favorite streaming device and start watching today. Pluto TV. Drop in. Watch free.